be. Anybody just glad to be in the house of the Lord one more time? Okay, I'm gonna try it again. So over in Arizona, they're getting ready to do a bunch of yelling and shouting for two teams. And those teams, even though they're great teams, those teams didn't win every single game. But you, on the other hand, are part of a team that always wins. Even if it doesn't seem like it, you will win in the end. So I just want to ask, is there anybody glad to be in the house of the Lord one more time? You ought to open up your mouth and cheer like you're in the stadium and say, thank you, Lord, for another day. Thank you, Lord, for waking me up. Thank you, Lord, for starting me on my way. Thank you for allowing me to be in your house one more time. Come on, give a high five to your neighbor. Tell your neighbor, you're on the right team. You're on the right team. You're on the right team. No matter which jersey you're wearing, you're on a winning team. You're, you win, you win, you win. Come on, just say it all over the sanctuary. Type it in the chat. You win, you win, you win. Somebody came through the door defeated, but you win. You will not die. You will live. You win. Listen, that's what this is all about. This is Super Soul Sunday. And in the kingdom of God, we just want to remind someone that you're on the winning team and that no matter how it looks, you can be down in the fourth quarter. But we serve a savior who will throw a pass and, it, and you'll get the score in the last second, if you will. Anybody ever had a last second victory? Anybody ever had God show up at the last moment? You're saying, where are you, God? But in the last moment, he showed up. That's the kind of God we serve, and that's the team we are a part of. Amen, amen. Welcome to Resurrection. What a joy, what a joy it is. We're going to stay standing. Listen, they're going to be standing for hours, rooting on the Philadelphia Eagles. All right, okay, okay. Or the Kansas City Chiefs. <laughs> yes, yeah. Yeah, those the Mahomes. Those the Mahomes. Those <laughs> I'm serious about this thing. I'm invested. I'm but listen, this is black history, Mom. Listen, we're gonna win either way it goes. Because we got two black quarterbacks in the Super Bowl. How exciting is that? We win either way. Hallelujah, hallelujah. But this is a time that we gather together as a body of believers and we worship the Lord and we thank God for our praise team who's going to come in just a few moments. Come on, we can do better than that. Our praise team. These are the cheerleaders. They, they get us going. They, they get us going. And then we thank God for our coach is in the house. He's going to bring a word. Pastor Ray D. Brown is going to bring a word, a word. Listen, do we have anyone visiting with us for the first time? Visiting, please raise your hand. Visiting with us. It's okay. I'm not going to keep your hand high. Keep your hand high. Okay. Visitors, visitors, visitors. Listen, listen, we at Resurrection, we care about people, and we know that this is Super Bowl Sunday, but here is Super Soul Sunday.
And I heard a statistic the other day, and I, wanted, I was concerned about our visitors, wanted to make sure that they were taken care of. Because I heard that there was a wing shortage. There's a wing shortage. And so we just want to make sure that you have enough wings for your Super Bowl. So ushers, please come and give our visitors gift cards today. Spread it out, spread it out. Listen, don't raise your, you are not a visitor, Sister Sneed. Please put your hand down. <laughs> and if we don't have enough, please go back to guest services, leave your name. We want to make sure that you get hooked up. Do we have anybody that is from Kansas City in the house? Kansas City, oh, Kansas City. Listen, Kansas City, and we noticed that you, you might not have known. Are you from Kansas City? You, you, okay, Kansas, just you, just you from Kansas City. And you might not have known that we were, oh, we have someone else? Oh, right here, right here, okay. All right, all right, we have two people. Okay, so, so, so you might not have known. Okay, I see a bunch of folks, but this was the first one, so. Uh, <laughs> you might not have known that we were wearing jerseys today, so we wanna make sure that you, you get what you need. Take it out, please, take it out, take it out, take it out, take it out. And we only rep one, one team, the blood of Christ, color. So let's make sure she gets that. She, Let's make sure she gets that. Okay, I saw we have one more Kansas City, one more here, and what? Do you live here? Do you live here in San Antonio? Okay, well, San Antonio is a basketball city. So if you will go back to guest services and leave your name, we want to give you tickets to San Antonio Spurs game. So you and you, we have two sets of tickets. So you and you. Hey, listen, listen, don't you, don't you say nothing about my Spurs. <laughs> Are y'all ready to worship? Are y'all ready? Come on, y'all ready to worship? Let's get our worship on. Our praise team is coming. We have our special guest with us. He's not a guest. He's really coming back home. Tim Johnson is with us on today. And then after the praise team, we're going to hear a word from our pastor, Pastor Ray Brown. Let's worship the Lord. Yeah. Oh, come on and give God a praise in here. Yeah. Oh, make some noise. Somebody give God some praise. He's been good. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready, y'all. I'm ready. So we just going to get right to this and praise the Lord because he's good. Because we're getting our celebration on. Because we're going to have fun later on. Let's do it right now. Come on. Let's go. Come on, clap your hands with me. Come on. Ho! Sounds good, y'all. Woo! Oh, 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 oh.
for us. God is on our side. He has overcome. Yes, He has overcome. We will not be shaken. We will not be moved. Jesus, you are here. Hey, ooh, oh. oh, He has overcome. We will not be shaken. The resurrection. I'm glad you know where you at. Alive in me, and I am free in Jesus' name. Come on, sing it like you know it.
Worship the Lord in this place. Come on. Oh, you my life. 
you wipe your tears away. When I had lost my mind sometimes, you made a way out of nowhere. You've been so good. You've been so good. You've been come on, wave your hand. So good. Singing like he's been good. God, you made a way out of the way. You've been good. You've been good. You've been good.
Let it be glorified. Bless your word. Let it be magnified. 
that the words of our mouth, meditation of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, our strength, our redeemer. In Jesus' name we pray. Let the church say amen. 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 Give the Lord one more great big hand of praise. Amen. You can sit down for just one moment while you're sitting down. I want you to give a great big hand of praise and applause for these worshipers and singers that are in this house today, our musicians. Amen. Come on, give them some. And for our brother Tim Johnson, come on, give him some love, man. Come on, brother. Come on, you got to do better than that. He's at home. This is not a strange place for him. And for his lovely wife, Lynn, just stand up just for just one second. Good to see you, Lynn. Amen. God bless you. God bless you. God has been good. Listen, this is supposed to be Super Soul Sunday here at Resurrection, but it's Super Bowl Sunday everywhere else. But we know this, that even though somebody's going to win, somebody's going to lose in the Super Bowl, we don't know who it's going to be. We can make predictions, but we do know this, and that is that on the cross 2,000 years ago, we already got the victory. And if you can't celebrate that, that you're in the wrong place, go on and give God some praise right now. Amen. Look at your neighbor and say, we got the victory. Amen. Look at him and say, I got a mask on, but I'm smiling right now. Amen. That's, that's for those who got masks. Come on, just look at the neighbor and say, oh, I'm smiling on the inside. Amen. Amen. And, amen. Can we just do something? Can you do something for me real quick? Just do a road check real quickly. And if, if that's you, that, 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 you know, you get excited every time you think about the goodness of the Jesus. Hold on. Okay. So you know who you are. Do a road check and tell somebody you might be on the wrong road. If you don't get excited about God, just tell him, I'm not moving because I'm already moved. Just go on, tell him and say, and I'm about to. If, if you think I'm moving now, tell him, when I think about the goodness of Jesus, tell him, you don't know my story. You see my glory. You don't know my grind. You just see my shine. But it's been good to me, good to me, good to me, hallelujah. Amen. Y'all be seated. I can, I got a, I got a lesson I got to get out of. Amen. Y'all getting ready to help me out some more? Don't, 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 don't do it. Do not do it. Hey, I'm telling y'all, don't do that. But every time I think about it, my soul, my soul, my soul cries out. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Y'all can celebrate that other stuff later, but right now, you ought to just praise his name. Come on, just give him about 20 seconds and let's. Come on! Come on! He's good! Is it good? Get good! Hey! When I think about Jesus, what he's done for, for me. Think about Jesus, how he set me free. I can dance, dance, Come on! Come on! When I think about Jesus, what he's done for me, think of his goodness, how it set me free. I can dance, 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 dance,
Think of his goodness, what he's done for me. Think of his goodness, how he set me free. I can Come on. I could dance all night, 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 all Joy when I think about what is up for me. Joy when I think about what is up for me. You don't know like I know what is up for me. You don't know like I know what is up for me. You don't know like I know what is up for me. You don't know like I know what is up for me. Come on, clap your hands. Come on. I'm gonna mess with it. Come on, clap your hands.
church say And every now and then you got to let the Holy Spirit move. And, and I'm not talking about just mere emotion. Somebody's been ministered to right now. Th thank you, Tim. Thank you. Thank you, praise singers, worshipers. Somebody's getting healed even as I'm standing. Wait. Somebody walked in this building for the first time. And this is your experience. We, we want to welcome all of our guests right now, but, but listen, when you come in this place, you don't know what's going to happen. We stopped passing out programs a long time ago. Because due to the influence of the Holy Spirit, anything is subject to break out. Amen. 
Families can be strengthened. Relationships can be mended. Attitudes can get fixed. Somebody got to go to the devil's den tomorrow at work. But at least you got some angels right now watching over you. Come on and give God some praise in this place. Amen. Wow. Wow. See? Yeah. There's a song, there's a song, there's a song. There's always a song, right? People don't shout like they used to shout. But I, I argue with that. Folks have found out now they got something to shout about. Amen. All right. Amen. Let the church say amen. Amen. Stand, if you don't mind, for the reading of the word of God. Found in the gospel of John. Amen. I almost forgot I had an assignment today. I started to start dancing. I said, wait a minute. Wait, 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 wait. Sam Ward, I got an assignment this morning. Amen. 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 Look at your neighbor and say, he's got an assignment. Amen. And if you want to, go on across your arms and say, he's going to give me a word today. Amen. Can I be honest? I don't have a word, but there is a word from the Lord. Amen. Found in the Gospel of John, chapter 14. Very familiar passage verse 11 through 14. We talked about communion on last week, but this is during that same time period. And there's a discussion that Jesus has with his disciples. You know the first part of that. But have you looked at the second part? First part, let not your heart be troubled. But the second part, he says, believe me when I say that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. Or at least believe on the evidence of the works themselves. Very truly, I tell you, listen to this, whoever believes in me will do works I've been doing, and they will do even greater things. Say greater. Come on, look at your neighbor and say, God's got greater in store. Greater things than these, because I am going to the Father, and I will do whatever, my, whatever you ask in my name, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask anything in my name and I will do it. The word of God for the people of God. Praise be to God. You may be seated. We want to tag this text today with this title. In light of the games that's going to be played today. We want to talk about game changers. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor. I don't know you that well. But I believe I'm sitting next to a game changer. Find another neighbor. Find another neighbor. Say, I was trying to encourage that neighbor over there. Come on, look at him and say, neighbor, I don't know if you're a game changer, but I'm going to change the game. Celebrate yourself. Go on. Celebrate yourself.
Is this being streamed live? <laughs> Today is Super Soul Sunday at Resurrection. And throughout our nation, it's known as Super Bowl Sunday. The two best teams and the greatest athletes in the NFL will compete for a world championship. And for those of us who are not in the game, at best, all we can do is just observe and spectate. As mere spectators, we can talk about what we would do if we were actually in the game. There's a whole lot of armchair quarterbacks <laughs> present today. But as mere spectators, all we can do is talk about what we would do if we were actually in the game without any risk of vulnerability or danger of defeat. However, that is not how God intended for us to live our lives. God's goal, and here is the thesis of the sermon, for all of us is that we would get in the game because there's nothing like being in the game. Being in the game is exciting, it's electrifying, it's, it's, it's exhilarating. You can see real good and you can stay real safe up in the stands or on the sidelines, but when you're in the game, something dynamic happens. Something life-altering happens to you. In the game, you discover parts of yourself that, 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 that you, you, you're, you're being challenged, you're being stretched, you learn real quick about your strength and capabilities. God wants every single one of us to get in the game, and here's the reason why he made you to change the game. Y'all not feeling me. Go on, look at your neighbor and say, game changer. Yeah. Amen. Look at him and just look at him and shake your head. Mm -hmm. You're talking about me. Because hear me when I say this, what's true about life is that every single life in this building, every single person, even the babies, can make a difference. Every single person can have a, last, a lasting impact on something or someone. It's not a matter of if, it's, it's a matter of how and in what way. God has constructed us in such a way that every single life can make a difference. Now, if you don't mind, I want to do an, a lesson real quickly. I want you to go with me on this one. Pause for just a moment and think and reflect back in your life. For just a moment, think about the people who have had a significant impact on you. Some of you are in church right now because someone had some kind of influence on your life in such a way that you don't need an alarm, an alarm clock to get you here. Some, some of you have, 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 uh, can, can testify to, to what you're doing in life right now, and it took you a while to get started, but there was somebody, some person, some parent, some peer, some spouse, some relative, a teacher, maybe a coach. Pause for a moment just with me and think about the people who have impacted your life. And if they made a real impression on you, do me this favor right now. Just tell somebody a name or two. Just, just, just look at it. They may not know that person. Just tell them the, the person who had an impact on your life. And here's why, you wanna, here's why you need to reflect that. Here's why you need to think about these people. Listen. Hear me well. Thank you for sharing that. Because if the truth were told, ladies and gentlemen, you wouldn't be the person that you are today without the people 
who have made a difference in your life. You, you wouldn't be you, the you that you are, without game changers. I know there are some people who feel like they pull themselves up by their own bootstraps. But if I was from Houston, I'd say, I'll argue that point. Now, you, 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 you didn't get here by yourself. You, in fact, everybody's standing on somebody's shoulders right now. Can I preach? You wouldn't be who you are if someone hadn't stepped into your life at a particular time and made an incredible difference. People who have loved you, people who believed in you. There were those who gave up on you, said you wouldn't be this, you wouldn't be that, but there was somebody who invested in you. We are all made in the image of God, which means that we are designed to make a life-changing, world-altering, eternity-shaping difference in the life of somebody else. Can I get a witness? And so today, I want you to know that you were made not just to be in the game, you were made to change the game. Change the game. That's the truth that's tagged in this text that we're about to teach from today. The night before Jesus was arrested and eventually crucified, he had gathered with his disciples. He had his crew sharing a final meal. Wash their feet, gives them these parting words, and he says to them things he wants them to know about life and how to live it after he's gone. And as they sat there, they thought, what is Jesus going to say? Boy, I wish I could have been there. Jesus is about to say something. What, what is it that he wants us to know as he prepares to leave? And in this critical conversation, he says, verily, verily, I tell you, whoever believes in me will do works that I've been doing. And that's basically what he's saying. He's saying, go and do things that, that I've taught you how to do. And, and I'm guessing the disciples are probably saying, well, yeah, you know, we, we've heard that before. We, we know that, Jesus. We spent three years. We saw you do some stuff. Go out, do stuff that we've seen you do and do. And, and, and if you've been in this church at least past two days, you've probably heard the similar things from this pulpit, from this sacred desk. You've You've probably heard that we are a church that wants to bring people into God's family by being servants of Christ who are simply developing followers of Christ who share the love of Christ to the ends of the earth. Our job is to touch the world with love just like Jesus did, to find needs and meet them, to find hurts and heal them, to find problems and solve them. And that's why I contend that the question is not what would Jesus do. The question ought to be what did Jesus do? Because the first question only leads to speculation. But the second one requires observation. Because we know from Scripture what he did. He healed the sick. He gave sight to the blind. He fed the hungry. He, he supplied needs. He fought for those who were oppressed and disenfranchised. He, he, he broke the bondages and shifted paradigms. He challenged the status quo, pushed people into being what they are capable of being by the grace of God. And Jesus now says, whoever believes in me will do the works that I have been doing. But he wasn't finished. He went on to say, and they will do even greater things than these. Because I'm going to the Father. I got to admit, I have been a preacher for a long time, but that just always messed me up. Greater things 
You're going to do what I've done, but you're going to also do greater things that I've done. And I'm thinking that my, my, you know, maybe they got lost in translation. You know, we went from, you know, uh, Hebrew to English, Greek in the New Testament to, to English. Maybe they just didn't translate it right, the king's English. And, and you got to be careful of translation. So I did my research, and it meant greater things means, here's what it means. Y'all ready? Here, it's going to blow your mind. Greater things. It, it means greater things. It, yeah, I, that was my reaction right there. It, this is amazing because Jesus is literally assessing his own work. And he declares that those who truly follow me will not only do what I did, but they will do greater things than I did. Now, I'm sure in that room, that, that, that first century room, it, it, it was as quiet as this room is right now. Y'all were noisy earlier. Now, Y'all gotten quiet, but, but, but they contemplated like you're contemplating. Greater things, Jesus? Really, Jesus? Greater things? It, it, it would have made sense if you would have said lesser things. I mean, most of us already know what lesser is about because most people, if you're honest today, that's how they think about their lives. The truth about most of us is that we settle for less when we were created for more. We, 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 settle, for, we settle for a fling when we can have a full relationship. We, 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 we settle for a half a man or a piece of man or an old man, any old man who, uh, rather than a real man. We, 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 we settle for a job when we ought to have a career. We, we settle for an apartment when you can own your own home. Somebody needs to help me right here. We, we settle for criticizing others rather than making any real contribution ourselves. We, we settle for a weekend relationship with God when we could experience every day with Jesus. Most of us settle. And so it would have made sense if he would have said, you will have lesser things. It would have been an incredible compliment if he would have just said, you will do equal things. Because the works of Jesus are unrivaled and unparalleled. It would have been great just to do equal things. But Jesus did not say that. He said, all who have faith will not do lesser things or equal things. You will do greater things. Now, just pause for just another moment and think about it. Consider how shocking and how absurd that sounds. Greater things. Greater than healing the sick greater than raising the dead, greater than calming a raging sea, greater than opening up blinding eyes, greater than raising Lazarus from the dead, greater than feeding multitudes with sparse resources. Do you think Jesus actually meant that? Yes. Yes, he did. He means it for you and he means it for me because it's not just a statement, y'all. It's a promise that Jesus is saying you will do greater things, that your destiny is to do greater things. That's his promise. Jesus, the Son of God who sits on the right hand of the Father, makes a promise that those who trust him, that they will not only do what he did, but they will do greater things than he did. Now, you've got to notice the grammar and the text. Get it. He didn't say you might. He didn't say you could possibly. He said, you will do greater things. And those words tap 
the deepest longing of the human heart, y'all, because somewhere in all of us, buried beneath all of our cynicism, all of our distrust, all of our doubt and disappointment, there is a desire to be more than we've previously been. Y'all need to come go with me. Jesus is saying, I'm the one who will make your life count. I'm the one who will give you purpose on a daily basis. I'm all of that. All you have to do is follow me. Now, there's the prerequisite. Follow me and I will give you what you need to live not only a great life, but a greater life. Because greater life, hear me well, means because Jesus is operative in your affairs that marriages can be repaired, families can be strengthened, relationships can be mended, bodies can be healed, minds can be transformed, addictions can be broken, sickness can be cured, lives can be restored, and the gospel can be proclaimed, and that can be your legacy when Jesus talks about greater things. Now watch this, because today it's going to be a bunch of professionals on the football field who have trained and they're the experts in what they're doing but Jesus's promises is not contingent upon your expertise you don't have to be super talented you don't even have to be super spiritual all you got to do is have faith all you got to do is trust that no matter who you are no matter where you are and no matter what's going on in your life you were destined to do greater things I need somebody who feels like you were created for greater to make some noise When we stand before God on that great day and we all will, he's not going to ask you, did you live a great life? He's going to ask you, did you live a greater life? The greater life to which Jesus called us is a magnificent life. I've, I've, I've come that you might have abundant life, that you might live life abundantly. What does that look like? What does a greater life look like? Listen, I'm going to say this real quickly, and I'm going to let you go. I promise we're going to be real quickly. It's, a greater life starts, number one, with this, moving immediately. Moving immediately. Listen, game changers are simply people who start where they are, use what they have, do what they can, and move in it right away. Move in it, move on it. Don't, don't, don't waste any time. You, 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 you're not called to be Billy Graham. You're not called to be Mother Teresa. Keep looking straight because some of us know we, we missed that calling a long time ago. You're not called to be Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. You were called and created and crafted to be the best possible version of you. The best version of yourself. Because the place God wants you to start working is right where you are in life today. Here, you can do this before you leave. God wants you to start right where he puts you. It's going to bless you. You're the right person in the right place with the right assignment and you can start where you are. You, you Listen, we're always looking over the horizon. We're always looking down the street. We're always looking over the fence. We're always thinking that hmm, the grass is greener on the other side of the fence. No, the grass is greener where people water it. 
We, 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 we're always thinking that there's something bigger and something better out there. But hear me well, wherever God puts you, whenever you are in a particular place, wherever you are in your life right now, you are there because God has called you. God has ordained you. God has anointed you to be a blessing in that place, in the seat that you're sitting at right now. I know you got here, you thought you was on time, and you couldn't get the same seat you had last Sunday, so you're uncomfortable worshiping where you are. There's a guest sitting in your seat. You don't want to say nothing. It's their first time here, so you're keeping your mouth closed, but you you having a problem getting into this message because you are not in the same seat that you thought you would have, but I come to tell you that you are where you are because God got you sitting there not by accident. I know it ain't your favorite spot. I know it's not where your crew is. You all waving over at your friends on the other side, it, but where you parked yourself, beloved. Hear me well. You're right where you are. The reason God gave you energy, the reason why God gave you strength and breath and mentality is to sit you right where you're sitting at right now so you could be a blessing to everybody that's around you. Somebody ought to bless somebody. Listen, I didn't even know I'd be here, but I'm in the right place at the right time, and I'm going to bless somebody. Because listen here, most of us think that when we come to church, we got to get blessed by the praise team. We got to get blessed by the preacher and by the worship leaders. If the preacher got to bless me, if he ain't preaching right, I ain't been blessed. If they ain't singing right, I ain't been blessed. No, that ain't why you're here. You're not here to get a blessing. You're here to be a blessing. Bless somebody around you. Some of y'all walked in here, ain't spoke to nobody. Ain't shake no hands. Won't even look at people to your left or your right. You ought to at least just smile at them. Show them whatever you're working with, even if they ain't all in there. Okay, I, I, I got to mess with you. I gotta... Look at the people around you. Just go and take a quick glance. No, don't look at what they're wearing. They, they, don't have your, they don't have your favorite jersey on, I promise you. Some of y'all staring at me with this Dallas Cowboys stuff. Okay, disclaimer, they gave this to me. If you wanted me to wear something else, you should have gave me something that you wanted me to wear. <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay, listen, 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 listen. Look at the people around you. Look at the people around you. And apologize, sir, uh, ma'am. I'm sorry for not speaking to you. Smile at them, say, ah, my bad. <laughs> okay, the people behind you, because obviously the folk around you, people are sitting. Speak right now, there you go, look at it. Bless somebody. Bless somebody. You already know it's not all about you. And we, we, I don't care how saved we say we are, we get confused and think it's all about what I think, it's all about what I feel, it's all about what you're going to get out of service. Listen, wherever God puts you, Whenever he drops you in a particular place, he's calling you to bless it. You don't need a preacher to show up. I don't announce when I'm not going to be at church because some of y'all can't go to church when your pastor ain't here. Don't, don't, don't say anything. I, 
it gets uncomfortable when you see somebody else, cops, am I right? He's preached some great sermons and y'all just sat there. When you get ready to shake his hand, so when my pastor coming back? <laughs> Let me move. A greater life starts moving immediately where you are. But secondly, a greater life makes people, makes people a priority. When, when Jesus says, go and make disciples, go and make disciples, make disciples. He's not telling us what to do. He's telling us where to focus. The focus of the church is discipleship. We've gotten away from that. We made the focus of the church politics. And if anybody know anything about politics, politics even destroys churches. We don't vote on carpet around here. If we did, half y'all would leave. I try to put as many colors as I can to please everybody. Did not do a good job. I'm obviously colorblind, but listen. Our focus is two things, the Great Commission and the Great Commandment. Boy, if I don't preach nothing else, y'all need to get this. The Great Commission, go and make disciples of all men. The Great Commandment, the Great Commandment, love your neighbor as yourself. It's all about making people a priority. People are first. And that's a hard lesson because people are so hard to love. I'm so glad that he didn't say you got to like everybody. <laughs> I am not going to stare at nobody, but some of y'all are hard to like. I've tried, I've tried, I've tried. If you follow Jesus, people have to come first. There, there are a lot of serious problems in this world, in the, but in the midst of every injustice, every conflict, every issue, large or small, there are real people, y'all, who are in real pain, who need to know a real God who provides real love and a real opportunity to change their lives. Can I remind everybody who's listening to me right now that the church is all about caring for other people. Amen. Whenever there's a disaster in this world, we ought to be the first on the scene. It's about caring for other people. If we don't do anything else right, man, listen, we had some great music. And that's awesome. It takes a lot of talented people to get up here and do what you just experienced. Amen. That's their gift. That's what a beautiful, wonderful gift that God gave them to give you. But let's say we didn't do that. Even if we didn't do that right, we got to get this right. Loving people is what we're here for. And some of you are already doing that. I love to hear the stories that, that you're doing in this church. And we don't talk enough about it, but there are men and women in this church. Thank you for deacons who are seeing about people who are sick and who are shut in. This church is full of people who sacrifice time and energy and effort and money and sweat and tears to teach children, to mentor teens and visit the sick and reach out to the incarcerated and 
feed the hungry and educate people, empower people, enable people because they realize in their hearts that people are a priority. People do matter. And all I'm asking you to do is to join in their ranks. In fact, you, you, you should join. Listen, you don't have to do everything, but, but for God's sake, do something. Greater things happen when we prioritize people. Greater things happen. And all it takes is just opening up your heart and, and your eyes to the people and the needs that are all around you. I'm, I'm almost through. I'm almost through. A greater life is one that starts with doing what? Moving immediately. Making people a priority. But then watch this, trusting God courageously. L let, me, let me explain, because as you step forward in hope and push past all your fears, don't think for one moment that just because you are in church, you're saved, you're loving the Lord, that you're not going to run into some difficulties, some challenges, some, some obstacles. Don't for one moment think that there might, be some, might not be tension in your house. I need some more witnesses than that. We've got to learn, y'all, to trust God even through challenges that are tough. Because people can be mean. Mountains are high. Valleys are low. Rivers are wide. And you've got to learn how to trust God through all of that. Can I just go old school on y'all? Try him enough to trust him. And trust him enough to try him. There's a story in the Old Testament about Jonathan, the son of Israel's first king, Saul. Jonathan, in one episode, Israel was in war with the Philistines. They were not only outmatched and outnumbered, the Philistines had rounded up all the blacksmiths. Understand, rounding up all the blacksmiths is, is equivalent to getting all the scientists, all the people who have contracts with the war department the blacksmiths, the people in the community who had skill and ability to make weapons of war. They rounded them all up and put them in exile away from the people. And the soldiers of Israel did not have the capacity to get swords and spears to go into battle. The king, seeing all these obstacles and challenges, decides to camp out and wait on the sidelines. Because for him, it was just too big of a challenge or, uh, to, to face. But Jonathan saw those challenges from a different perspective. He, even though he lacked the authority and the resources and the support, he saw the moment as an opportunity for God to show up, show out, and show off. And the text says that young, he took his young armor bearer, that Jonathan took his young armor bearer, and the text says it just like this. He says, come, let's go over to the outpost of the Philistines. Maybe the Lord, maybe the Lord will act on our behalf. I love that. Y'all read that? And then he says this, because nothing can hinder the Lord from saving. They, they, they might defeat us, but no weapons formed against us can hinder the Lord from saving whether by few or by many. Don't miss that. He says nothing stops God. That God, y'all hear me well, is not worried about what you have or how little it is or how much it is. It's not about what you don't have. It's about what God does have and what God can do alone. 
Jonathan said uh, to his young armor bearer, let's go and, 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 and fight and let's go into battle. And him and that young armor bearer went out on their own. They surprised the Philistines and won a great victory for Israel. Jonathan uh, changed the course of history for his entire nation, thus putting him in the hall of fame for a game changer. Am I talking to any game changers right now? Because he chose to see the obstacles in front of him. And the, uh, instead of seeing the obstacles in front of him, he saw God's opportunity. He saw an opportunity for God to show up. And that's what God does best, y'all. When we reach our extremity, it's always God's opportunity. And my prayer for all of us today is that we would seize the ability to exercise that kind of faith. Not just on Sunday mornings, but every day of our lives. Because every day has some type of challenges. Everybody here in this place has some problems. Everybody has some difficulties. Everybody has something that's opposing you, some obstacle that's in your way. But hear me when I say this, that obstacles are just an opportunity for God to show up and show off and show out. And he will do it if you put your trust in him. I need somebody to shout louder than that. Won't he do it? I said, won't he do it? And so here's my last one right here. A greater life, a greater life is one that starts by moving immediately, that makes people a priority, that trusts God completely and courageously, but also follows Jesus relentlessly. This is it. Because you'd be amazed to know how many people listening to me right now struggle with this kind of faith. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We tend to focus on what we lack and what we don't have and who's standing in our way. We'll start making excuses if I only had more money, more time, more authority, more resources, more energy than I could do what God wants me to do. And maybe there's a challenge in your life right now. Somebody right now I'm speaking to, there's something that's going on. Maybe it's been that way for a long time and you've begun to doubt if it would ever change. We're in February of 2023 and you're still dealing with stuff from 2022. 21, 20, all the way back. Let me just say this. God does not need good circumstances in order to give you great things. God doesn't need great circumstances to do great things. All God needs is somebody who will take a step of faith. You could take the word faith and replace it with the word risk. Every time you see risk, faith in the Bible, put risk there. God wants somebody who will take a risk. The Bible says faith is the substance of things hoped for. Risk is the substance of things hoped for. All God needs is somebody who will take the risk, somebody who will go all in and all out, somebody who will trust that through your life greater things are possible no matter what it looks like. If you're thinking to yourself, if uh, you, you don't know how you can do it. I, I don't know how that's going to ever work or how that's going to ever happen. Listen, we're not through yet. We, we've done some great things in, in, in the 40 years of this church. Somebody ought to just give God praise right there. But, but guess what? We're not even close to being done. And I'm, we've got some things that's, that, that, that's challenging before us. I'm talking to you really from my heart right now. God has laid some things on my heart that I struggle with. God, what do you want to do next? And it seems literally that it's going to take more than my brain. Listen, if it's not scary to you, maybe it's not coming from God. 
Okay, let me, let me say it another way. Let, let me use it, let me use it in a cute, cute phraseology. A God-sized dream ought to be scary. Now, that's not good enough either. Let me say it like this. If it's not scary, maybe it's not God. Okay, that's the best way I can do it right now. Give me two more weeks, I'll get it together. But look at what Jesus did and the legacy he left with what he had. He never wrote a book. He never built a program. He never built a church. He didn't have a praise team. He didn't have musicians. He never created a corporation. He never went 50 miles from the place where he was born. He never started a nonprofit. He never was on television. He never was on radio. He didn't have a podcast. He was not on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. He didn't change the government. And the only title that he had was given to him when they hung him on the cross and they pinned it above his head. But the legacy that he left and the reason why we know his name and the reason why that there's a church is because Jesus did one thing. He simply poured his life into 12 uncouth brothers, boys. Some of them used bad language. Some of them had attitudes. Some of them couldn't even believe. And some of them were stealing from the treasury. But he used 12 young men to turn the world upside down. How did he do it? I'm going to tell you real quickly. He gave them his all. He started where he was. He prioritized people. He trusted God courageously. And so no matter what it looked like on the last night on his, of his life, he told them, you've seen me do some good stuff, but I'm telling you, you are about to do some greater stuff. And here's God's word for somebody right now. I'm just about finished. Here it is. You may not have been in the first crowd, but this is for you specifically, but you may not have been in the first crowd. God told me when you get here, tell both campuses this. You weren't there in the first crowd, but just tell them real quickly, you got next. Anybody, anybody receive that? You, you, you weren't there 2,000 years ago, but you got next. God is calling you to follow Jesus relentlessly. God is calling you to step higher than your hindrances, to push past your problems and embrace your destiny. And now is the time to do it, ladies and gentlemen. It's time for you to come out the stands. It's time for you to get off the bench. It's time for you to stop sitting on your blessed assurance. It's time for you to step off the sidelines. You were destined to change the game. Not another year of feeling sorry for yourself. Not another year of crying tears, crocodile tears or whatever. We serve a God who will wipe the tears from your eyes. Not another year of waiting for somebody to validate you. Somebody to appreciate you. Somebody to applaud you. Somebody to approve you. You don't need somebody to give you that. God already made you a game changer. But you can't change it until you get in it. You, 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 you can't change it from the sidelines. You, you, you got to get in the game. And I thank God for Jesus because Jesus was a game changer. He healed the sick. He gave strength to the weak. Didn't he do it? He was a game changer. He raised the dead. In fact, he had to call Lazarus by his name because if he would have just said, get up, everybody who had been dead before Lazarus would have got up and started walking. He changed the game. He took two fish, two filet fish 
from a combo of primordial McDonald's and fed 5,000 and sent his disciples home with 12 baskets of chicken McNuggets. He changed the game and gave the strength to the weak and hearing to the deaf and hope to the disenfranchised. He changed the game until they put nails in his feet and spikes in his side and nails in his hands and, and they put a crown on his, he changed the game. But while he was up there, he even saved somebody while he, he changed the game. And they tell me that he died, didn't he die? I said he died, but that's not how the story ends. I heard that he was in the game and not on the sidelines. And I'm glad he changed the game because early Sunday morning, oh, y'all ought to be shouting out of that. He got up with a name above every name that at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow. At the name of Jesus, every tongue confess. At the name of Jesus, there's power in that name. There's hope in his name. There's healing in his name. There's love in his name. Is there anybody here that loves my Jesus? Don't fool me now. There's something about the name of Jesus. Yes, yes. God bless your resurrection. Enjoy the rest of your day. But when I think about the goodness of Jesus and all he's done for me, my soul cries hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for saving me. Ain't he all right? I said, ain't he all right? Have you tried my Jesus? If you know him and if you love him, say yes. Oh, yeah. changer Jesus game changer Jesus game changer thank you pastor for that word game changer in this moment we have set aside time to allow someone in the sanctuary today who doesn't know what it means to be a game changer and to live under the life of Jesus who changed everything for us. We're on the receiving end of grace and mercy, of forgiveness and abundant life. And there is someone today that you need to do the very first thing that Pastor pointed out, and that's move. You need to move. 
the Holy Spirit is moving on your heart. And somebody in here today needs to move and accept Christ, the game changer, as their personal Lord and Savior. And it's a simple thing to do. A, admit that you're a sinner, that you're lost, that God has not been in your life. B, believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, that he died, and that he's coming back. And C, confess that you want him to be your Lord and Savior in the center of your life, that you need your life changed. And then move. This is your time. We have two ways for you to move into a life of Christ. You can walk down these aisles, and we have deacons and ministers who are ready to receive you, to walk with you, talk with you. We have sharers in the back who can tell you what it means to become a part of this team to become a part of the family of God and the family of resurrection. We have people who will help you with that. And so we want to give you a few moments. There's somebody here. We've been praying every day of the week for that person who has not accepted Christ as Savior and Lord. So you're here. And if you're the one you're the one. We need you to believe and to move. Admit, believe, and confess, and move. We'll meet you in the aisle and we'll walk with you. There's a second way, and that is to text JOIN, J-O-I-N, to 830-689-8074. And when you do that, when you make that move, we will respond to you. We will walk with you, talk with you, and share with you. This is your moment, this is your time. You may be planning to do some wonderful things today, but this decision right here is the best decision you could ever make in your entire life. This is a game changer. Is there one? Is there someone? Are you the one? Is there one who will come? Allow the Lord to change your life. Won't you come? This is your time. Are you the one? This invitation also goes out to those who are already saved. 
and you're here because you're looking for a church home, you know that if it's right to be in the church, it's wrong to be out. And you know you need a family of God and a pastor who will help you continue on this journey. So if you're the one and you, you know Jesus Christ, but you need a place to worship and to grow, this is your invitation as well. You can walk or you can text join. Are you the one? Is there one? We're praying for you right now. We are praying for you right now. Somebody in here needs to move. Somebody in here needs to move. Somebody in here needs to make this move. Make the move. that even though the invitation period within the house is ending, the invitation never closes. We have people who join this church every single day of the week. Every day of the week. We thank God for technology. Text JOIN 830-689-8074 and we will welcome you in. We thank God even now for the person who is saying, I'm going to do it. And we're praying that God will move on your heart right now. We come now to the part of worship where we get to engage in the joyful act of giving. God loves a cheerful giver. I, I know I'm a witness. If you give to him, the more you give to him, the more he'll give to you. You can't outdo our God giving. And we thank you. Those of you have, who have been committed, you've been giving, you've been tithing and you're offering, you've been using push pay, you've been dropping it off at the church, you've been dropping it off on your way out. We thank you because of your commitment. All of the things that we do as a church body for people, in, uh, making people a priority. Did you hear that today? We can do that because of your commitment. You'd be surprised the ways that we help people in this church. So please continue being faithful. You can give through PushPay by texting RBC1 to 77977. Follow the instructions and give. You can again give on your way out and you can mail or drop off your offering. Well, it's been a good day. I mean, we, we've used up Super Bowl energy in Super Soul Sunday. We have worship today. As you prepare, as we prepare to leave uh, this experience, we thank God for our pastor. And as, amen. And as always, just reach your hand to him because we're asking God to restore him, to recharge him, and to remind him of all the wonderful things that God is doing in his life and in the life of this church. Amen, 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 amen. You can stand.
And we are going to, you know, some teams have chants. And they have, well, we have our chant. And it tells the world who we are. Resurrection, who are we? De developing who share. You know, I want that one more time. Let's do it together. We are? One day we're not going to put that up, Pastor. We're going to make them do it by memory. <laughs> Father God, we thank you for this worship. We thank you for this opportunity to be in this place on this day. God, we thank you for all that you have done for us. We thank you for moving in the room and releasing your spirit among us this morning. We ask that as we depart, that you would bless us, that you would protect us wherever we go, whatever we do. As we celebrate this game today, Lord, help us to be mindful of your mercy, your goodness, your grace, and share our faith even as we cheer for our team. And now, God, we proclaim this blessing over your people. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face to shine upon you. May he turn his face to you and give you his peace. And in the name of Jesus, the church said, we have a gift for you, a little snack on the way out. Enjoy yourselves today. <laughs>